But it was just one of those kind of almost sovereign kind of marks of the <laughs> that outpouring was uh, immediately after everything started happening in July of 2018, not only were we seeing people come to the Lord, get saved or come back to the Lord, recommit to the Lord, repentance, conviction of sin. Yeah. Uh, by the Holy Spirit, but we began to see a lot of miracles, a lot of healings. Yeah. And so that has continued. Uh, that has continued. It hasn't even slowed down no. over the last five years. And Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Heirs, where faith meets business, inspiring the kingdom-minded entrepreneur. Today, I got the great privilege of interviewing my pastor, Pastor Mike Faylauer, who's been the lead pastor of New Life Church for the past nearly 14 years. Yeah, uh, He is a published author uh, of uh, several books. He's working on his third book, almost like a trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about that here in a few minutes, but um, uh, Mike's been married for 44 years. He has uh, two children, eight grandchildren, and most of the people know about his dog, Malachi. Uh, Mike has uh, also contributed to uh, Charisma Magazine. We, he's been a part of the CBN Network, has appeared on TBN, Daystar Television Network, the Christian Television Network. Mm -hmm. you, you've been on, CTN. You've yeah. been on a lot of TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, again, he and, and uh, Miss Bonnie have been serving faithfully in our community for nearly 14 years. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you, James. I know I had I'm to twist. We finally, finally made it. You did it. Yeah. You did it. And, uh, and, we're, and I'm grateful. And I'm super you, grateful. Thank you for asking. I had to demand it. But then I realized, <laughs> I just, then I realized I just ask again. Just My wife said, just ask nicely. Ask nicely. Maybe he'll say yes. No, I know you have a lot going on. Yeah, we were talking about this beforehand. This is, um, it's kind of a cool part. To, it's cool to be part of uh, New Life Church. And uh, many people may know that uh, New Life Church is a very, very, it's a growing, thriving uh, church community here in Corpus Christi. Uh, it's probably the you know, top top three churches here in the city as far as a number of people that attend, maybe one in number one or two, which would ever be, it's not a, so it's just, there's a lot of people that attend on mm -hmm. a Sunday. And I know you guys are going through a big church build right now, combining campuses, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, building probably one of the largest sanctuaries in the city, I know that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a and big undertaking. It's a big undertaking. I, I know a little bit about you're, building. You're, you're a part of it. So. I am a part of it. Yeah, yeah I happen to be the, uh, um, uh, I don't know that that GC. The GC. Make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. But um, you know, so I was just thinking about how how we met, and uh, Megan and I we were just talking about it. Um, when we moved to Corpus Christi, um, we didn't know a soul. We knew nobody, mm -hmm. and we just knew that we could live by the water very inexpensively. Yeah, and uh, it would it should be okay. Yeah, somehow it'd be all right. But we knew that the key thing would be is to get plugged in with a with a really good strong church community. Yeah, and we visited many many churches here and some great churches in town. Yes, yes. And we were looking for a thriving children's ministry. Ah, okay. It was really really important. We had our yeah. three little girls at the time. Yeah. And um, we came across it was the Summit Church at the time. Yeah, that was the name of the church at that time. And, yes, sir. And, and it was um, uh, it was great. Mm -hmm. Had an outdoor courtyard. Yeah, he had. A, he had a, I think it was Awanas at the time. The program, yeah. the children's mm -hmm. program, was Awanas. Yeah. Um, I think you and Bonnie had just come on staff maybe a year before. Uh huh. It's about a year before. And I was yeah. like, look at this young guy. Well, I don't know about young. You were young. You had. I was, you had. Yeah, I was younger. You had nice dark hair. Yeah, I had dark hair then. You did, and uh, and I know we we connected very well. I just I loved mm -hmm. you guys' ministry. You guys had a family ministry at that point, focused on couples and, and marriage. And, yep, yep. I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah, and um, and so that's how we met. Yes, and so it's been. Geez, I think we're 13 years now since then. Yeah, on 13 years. Yeah, and so a lot has changed. Yeah, uh, it's it's been fun to watch. We have changed. We look different. Yeah. Still the same people, <laughs> but but a lot has happened. Yeah, a lot's I mean a happened. lot has happened. Yeah, we've gone through COVID. Uh, that was one of the big things, probably mm -hmm. in 2020, that everybody experienced globally here locally. Yeah. Um, you were part of the the group. You were one of the guys that spearheaded uh, bringing churches back together again. It's, yeah, it's, how did that yeah. happen? What what was Working. that like? Uh, well, I mean, they were... And why? Why? I mean, a lot of... Uh, yeah, for the safety of everybody, let's just not meet, right? Yeah. I mean, were, that was... Correct. That was the, the mantra of the media yeah, and government. Uh, yes. And uh, that was the predominant thought among most churches in America. 
there were a handful of pastors here in town that um, were not satisfied not meeting, you know. Uh, there was, of course, us, New Life Church, and there were some other churches as well that were just not about just being online. Yeah. And uh, we were waiting for Governor Abbott to declare churches essential. He had not done that. Um, we were anticipating that. It didn't happen. Would this be April or May? Would it be May? This would have been around May. Yeah. It would have been at least about a month in. Uh, toward the end of April, beginning of May, somewhere around in there. Because yeah. when, as a church, when we started meeting back in person again, it was the, our first Sunday was Mother's Day. Right. Our first Sunday back. So it would have been around the end of April, beginning of May. Okay. Uh, probably closer to the beginning of May. And so, um, and so, uh, when we still weren't getting that declaration from the governor that churches are essential and they can meet, uh, then uh, we began to talk with Todd Hunter, who was a great help, great Todd's encouragement. Great. Yeah, he's a great uh, asset. For always a great support. Always a, a a great supporter of churches and and uh, faith based, uh, you know, uh, ministries here in town. And so um, he and I just talked, and I just had an idea that popped into my head while we were talking. And um, and he asked that we would submit something to the strike force that Abbott was putting together. Yeah. And uh, and if I could, we could get that to him, you know, over the weekend, which I did. I emailed it to him, I think, on a Sunday, actually. And then Monday is when that strike force met. They looked at our proposal. And then literally it was the next day, Tuesday, that Abbott came out and officially declared churches essential. essential. That they could meet with a method, with a with a safe way to meet. Yeah, right? there were, was there, were the idea. there were some, you know, there were some guidelines. I will there you say go. guidelines are good, uh, not mandates, thankfully, but they were just guidelines. And yeah. a lot of them were just healthy common sense guidelines, anyway. Sure, that right. you'd want to adhere to, regardless. Yeah, I like how, you know, sitting back. Some people think, well, you know, I'm not the guy in charge. I, why should I be? I mean, a lot of people wait for someone else to step up and take the lead role. Well, I called Todd when I, when before the churches had been declared essential, and and I, again, I'm not, I wasn't the only one feeling this way. Understood. The only pastor, but I I did call Todd and I said, look, I'm not trying to be defiant. I'm not trying to be a you know a, a difficult yes, case that's for right. you. That's right. But I said, with all due respect, and I mean that with all due respect, we're going to start meeting, <laughs> Come whether. On. Yeah. The governor declares churches essential or not, we're not going to continue online. And I think at that point it was like four weeks or five weeks maybe that we'd been just online. And so that's how it all started was that f- conversation like, yeah. Todd, you know, with all due respect, we're we're going to start meeting whether the governor makes that announcement or not. So that's I right. just want you to know that. I don't want you to be blindsided by that. Come on. And, uh, of course, he was very supportive, very encouraging. And he he really has been a big help over the years. Absolutely. Todd Hunter has to the churches. And, and for the, the whole community. And to the whole community. He's done a great yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Well, to that point, though, I think it's it's interesting when I think some people – because at that, I think that was the moment that everybody realized that we really – our rights, what are our rights, mm-hmm. and do they really matter? And I think unless you enforce them or enact mm-hmm. on them – well, they'd be they're really just words on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? And so unless you engage with, know that we have a right to assemble. Yeah. And don't take away our right because of some new thing that's going on. Yeah. You've taken away our right. And I think that was important. I valued that, seeing your leadership role in that. And I think that's where a lot of other people kind of gain strength from that as well. Mm-hmm. You just need someone to stand up and say, "Yeah, I know a lot of us feel this way. We're talking this way. There's others yeah. who said, no, no, no. We don't want to get together. No, no, no. But I think part of that is with... You know, you saying, you reached out to the authority and said, look, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you guys can work this out, but this is the way we're moving. Yeah. We're moving in this direction. Yeah. And then we're able to, at that point, we were able to work together and it just, and, and it came together, you know, pretty quickly right after. I think it was a matter of a week or so. Right. Uh, that, it, that it all kind of uh, came together and that was good. And, and uh, most of the churches still didn't meet, even though. The you could then at that point. Yeah. No, we could, but there were, there were a handful of churches here in, in Corpus that did that did begin right. to meet right away. And so thank God for for them and for the, the pastors and their leadership yeah. in town here. You know, I think there's, um, you and I have talked about this a little bit, actually quite a bit. We, we've met numerous times just talking about um, journey, faith, business. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's a lot of people, I don't think, I think they, there's a disconnect in their mind with 
with how a church operates, the structure, the formality mm-hmm. of it, but also you, know, you you see thousands and thousands of people on a on a weekend mm-hmm. that come to, come to the Correct. and that is a huge undertaking. There's um there's staff, mm-hmm. there's facilities, mm-hmm. um there's making sure you have every uh, the you have everything that you need to to serve to the accommodate, people to yes. accommodate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be safe. It's got to be clean. It's got to be um, you know an experience that. Uh, is is great for the family. Correct. Uh, there's just logistical things, and then there's the spiritual aspect of it. Absolutely. You know, obviously, at the end of the day, we're wanting to connect with the Lord. We want to experience. Uh, uh, we we want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word, both individually and collectively as we're gathering. That's so there's right. the spiritual, which is the the most important. It is. But it, you can't just have that without the the practical logistical you know, type things. That... Uh, one thing one thing that I really like about what you guys do um, with your leadership is you have this atrium and you have couches set up and, and you have, you know, TV set up that allow mm-hmm. them to, it's like a live, live stream at that point. Yeah, they're actually able to see in the atrium what's happening in the worship center. So if a, yeah. their child's crying or they're yeah. not settled or they're... Or they're not quite ready to step in. They're not in. quite ready to step in or there's not enough room. Sometimes right. we've run out of room too and it's, they've had to use the... It becomes an overflow. Yeah, it becomes an overflow. Um, I just think it's I think it's very intentional because it allows people at different places in their journey and their, and their spiritual walk um, where they can kind of step into the house of God. Mm-hmm. But they're not quite ready to get all the way in, right? Right. They don't want to sit at the yeah. front of the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to sit in the back, and, yeah. and there's not. And I don't mean that spiritually mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just mean that you've created a place, and, and the Holy Spirit there has you know, kind of breathed on it, and it's, and it's created an environment where people can just come as they are, mm-hmm. come where they're at, right, and just be in the presence. Yeah. And and I know you you even have um, you have ministers like prayer team ministers. There's ministers that will walk the atrium during mm-hmm. services. There's people there that there's ministry taking place. Right, that's right. There's there's a lot of very yeah. a lot of intentionality there. Yeah, uh, because you're caring for this person's needs. Yeah, spiritual needs. Yeah, right. That's correct. Yes. Um, and so I think that's 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 been wonderful to see. Yes. Uh, it's not just hey, just get them in here. It's just hey, we got a timeline. One hour. Let, let's yeah. get in, get out. Yeah. But I think it's it's. Um, it, it takes me back to one of your your books here. Mm-hmm. Um, was well, I see four Wednesdays in July? Right. Was a season in your life and in the life of the church mm-hmm. where something I don't want to say a, it was a light switch or something a new level, new gear, something took place. Correct. That um, we've been able to as a family. Um, and we we rejoined the uh, New Life Church, and I think it was 2021. I think we started coming back in 2021, okay, okay. just after COVID. Yeah, and um, it was something really, really powerful. Very, it started very powerful. in it started in <clears throat> July of 2018, so it was the summer. So we decided to do four Wednesdays in a row. That's uh, that's this four book Wednesdays here. in July. Yeah, and really, what happened was is we experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it really fundamentally changed us as a as a church um, <clears throat> and <clears throat> one of the things that I sensed was that we weren't really giving the Holy Spirit the bandwidth that I believed he needed and he deserved to have yeah and uh, so um, we we wanted to make that adjustment and we started making that adjustment on a Wednesday and we were probably a tad caught off guard at the intensity of just giving him that room yeah because from uh from august of july 2018 to december we saw a thousand people water baptized spontaneously water baptized i would say many of those were uh first time salvations yeah. Also, there were many that were recommitments. So, so there was a real dedication. There was a real, yeah, yeah real spirit of uh, of um, repentance, real strong conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And um, and we the the baptisms weren't something that we were anticipating. It just happened, and so it's been happening. So I'd say now we're five years, a little over five years, and we've seen roughly five thousand in the last five years. It's incredible. And and so instead of that kind of waning over the years. You know, even with COVID, 
2020, it really actually <clears throat> has actually has increased, intensified. One of the other early characteristics of this outpouring was um, healings, miracles. Yeah, I had not really, and, and I still wonders. really haven't taught specifically on divine healing. Yeah, um, but we have, and not that I wouldn't, and obviously we believe that. Yeah, of course. But it was just one of those kind of almost sovereign kind of marks of the <laughs> that outpouring was uh, immediately after everything started happening in July of 2018. Not only were we seeing people come to the Lord, get saved, or come back to the Lord, recommit to the Lord, repentance, conviction of sin. Yeah. Uh, by the Holy Spirit, but we began to see a lot of miracles, a lot of healings. Yeah. And so that has continued. Uh, that has continued. It hasn't even slowed down no. over the last five years. And and uh, the other thing that happened was, is around the end of 2021, uh, or at the beginning of 2022, rather, up through 2018 to 2021, all of this outpouring that, again, really was so visceral and so profound for us as a church, and all these incredible things that were happening were pretty much happening within the walls of the church, yeah, the uh, either campuses, yeah, 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 which was great. Nothing wrong with that. It's just pretty much, it was pretty much mostly almost all contained. Uh, and I say that, I mean, I know people were sharing, you know, people were sharing their testimonies and things like that, but as far as um, a, any kind of real significant Mark, it was pretty much all happening within the four walls. Yeah. And then at the end of 2021, I was on a prayer retreat. I feel like the Lord spoke to me, and I came back and I shared um, what I felt like the Lord had spoken to me to some of our leaders. And I uh, basically just said, um, in, in terms of people looking at the opportunities they have every day. So at the end of that prayer ret retreat, I, I gathered some of the younger leaders in, in my, my back porch. Yeah. And the, the phrase that came up out of that was create your own pulpit. That's right. And so I told the guys, I said, look, I know we've, I, I know we've never told them and them who would, that them would be life group leaders, volunteers, anybody. Right. That's on, on fire and excited and has been touched by this move that we've been in since yeah. 2018. So that's who I mean by them. Yes. And I said, I know we've never told them that they can't, but that's not the same thing as telling them that they can. That's so powerful. Yeah. And so that's, I said- That's I, a changer. That's yeah. a game changer. And I said, tell them they can. Uh, they're commissioned. To, uh, by their local church to go out. They can shift up, move up their life groups, however they want to do, but they can preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick. So what you just said, if there's if there's other area ministers listening or um, international, national, which have you, whoever's listening to that, that's a very risky thing. That's a very, that's old school mentality is, mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't, you don't know what they're going to say. Mm -hmm. What if they mislead somebody? What mm -hmm. if they, what if something happens? Mm -hmm. That is a very risky thing. Yeah. I'm so aware of that. I don't believe that, but I know that that's a mentality. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just as, I mean, I've been part of the church now 25, 24 years. Right. Um, got my theology degree as well, about oh, 13 years ago. <laughs> and that was like, so I'm aware of like church thought. Right. What, what your leadership style, which I really believe is Holy Spirit inspired and fuels and fused, uh, is not conventional mm -hmm. because it, it creates an element of risk. It just creates risk. Yeah. Um, small, small life groups, life groups. If you're doing life groups, well, well, that means it's, well, what if, the, what if there's a, spl a splinter church? Mm -hmm. Well, there's risk with that. Right. Or what if it adds right. 300 more people to your congregation and to the, uh, as a benefit, it adds it to the, to the, the, the children, the family mm -hmm. of God. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, so there's, so I would say my question to you is how do you, <coughs> how do you take the backs how do you allow those thoughts because i'm certain I, i'm almost certain any leader thinks can have that thought mm -hmm. right it's it's practical to think that way mm -hmm. but how do you take that and allow that to become a backseat look i'm not going to worry about that let me not stress about that because like traditional leadership is like whoa mm -hmm. protect the front but really what you said was what i i i told them that i wanted them to feel or sense a commissioning from their church yeah a blessing to 
those who felt like they wanted to even switch up their life groups to be more like revival points where they could preach a 10 or 15 minute message yes. still have fellowship still connect relationally afterwards yeah. but yeah. if they wanted to i want them to feel the freedom to do that that's so big yeah that's such a game changer but if if you're going to equip the saints as it says in ephesians to do the work of the ministry then that's just a part of the that that's just a part of it that would be the as you're calling it that that'd be the risk factor yeah um obviously we have uh relationships with our leaders and we meet with our They're leaders known. yeah you're you're, so it's you're not, teaching them i don't necessarily feel like it's that risky honestly well that's the key thing this is my yeah. point cuz well cuz you've been sewing into them already right that's that's a key thing and if if for whatever reason i mean have we had some that maybe could have done something differently or a little bit better of course well it's experience but that's if they don't, if they don't have the experience life. they're yeah. never going to get there right that's exactly right and, and i think that's the key thing. and worst case scenario if you got to clean something up you clean it up or if if there's a little church that forms out of it that's not good it's not a blessing that's not right before the lord but at the end of the day i would it's like this it's like when let me explain it this way when everything started happening with us um one of the concerns that a lot of uh, times that we we can have as leaders is um well if you allow the holy spirit to begin to move then what if it gets weird come on right yes i know yes <laughs> and so um and there's going to be weirdness there that in the first great awakening there was they had to navigate the the excesses they had to navigate the strange fire come on in the second great awakening, they had to do the same thing yeah. in the midst of the fire of God that was pouring out for 50 years that helped shape our nation. Actually, both awakenings did that. But there was also strange fire that they had to navigate. Yes. And if you don't want any strange fire, that's pretty simple. That's easy. You just don't have any fire. That's the problem. Right. And so it's like growing up in the north and having a fireplace. I don't know about you, but we always, man, that's in the winter, that's how we heated our homes that's primarily. How we, that's how we heated our and homes. And so yeah. we had an old, ugly carpet that we would put down in front of the fireplace on top of the good carpet. Yeah. Because even if we had the grate closed or the mesh, you know, little... Yeah. The embers would fly out. Yeah, everything. because there's a fire, which is great. You need a fire. It warms mm -hmm. you and all that. But with every fire, you're going to have, you know, going to have sparks. The mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so if you don't want any sparks, then don't have a there's, fireplace. There's a, uh, there's a verse. Is there's, that, you know what I'm saying? hundred percent. There's a yeah. verse, there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you want the strength of the ox, deal with the mess in the stall. You gotta be willing to clean out the stall. Just deal with it. But yeah. we want the strength and the Holy Spirit. He's, he, I, I want to say yeah. the workhorse, but the Holy Spirit is the one who does all this work. Yeah. And, and he, and we're the catalyst. We're the, well, we, we would, get to be the, the, the vessels, yes. you know, I, I would rather have to, uh, exert more work prayerfully more you know prayer more work coaching mentoring whatever you know i'd rather expend the energy doing that and allowing the holy spirit to move through his church yeah you know what i'm saying then to yeah. overly control something and it's nice and clean yeah but it, but it's man controlled but it, but there's, there's not a, there's but, a throttle right and there there's not a You're limited. yeah there's a governor, a governor set on it and there's not a, really any fruit and so what happened was is when we said that then that was the end of 2021 beginning yeah. of 2022 is That's when right. the outpouring started happening at the AM university which is still happening it's still going That's yeah. also the same month in same year 2022 that the bible club started in the public schools yes that's right and so all of that started happening because i believe they they felt commissioned they sensed a you commissioning yeah they were sent out from their from their church Send them to out. do this it's yeah. like it's like sending out missionaries into the local community right straight, so like the bible up. clubs in the in the in the high schools and middle schools and stuff mario didn't initiate that mario and timothy and his team have led that incredibly well yeah, and powerfully yeah. and they are there Somebody from New Life is at every Bible club, some staff, even though they're not, it's student-led. Correct. So they're, they're, the amount of work and prayer and anointing that is happening through Mario and through Timothy and through the, the rest of the leadership there is amazing. But the, but the catalyst, the initiative, wasn't Mario. Right. It was the students experiencing this, this sense yeah. of, we can do this? Yeah. And then they came to Mario and said, we want Bible clubs. And he says, well, how does that work? 
And they said, well, you we need a teacher sponsor. Well, can you get them? Come and on. They, yeah. And Do so the they work. did. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, that's kind of how. So that was, um, so that really took everything that was happening that was so beautiful in the walls that took it outside the walls into the community. And so that's been happening since uh, January of 2022. Do you remember years ago, there was this movement, about, uh, maybe it was a church, I don't know what it was, but uh, Church Without Walls, the concept of like, mm-hmm. church without walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, you're doing church outside of the main mm-hmm. structure, right? Church is people, right? It's the people, but it's, we talk about the building, we talk about the mm-hmm. building, that's where we right. gather, right? And we yeah. gather, the gathering place is probably more mm-hmm. of an appropriate word for the building, it's the gathering place where we gather. But uh, it's it's a church, it's, it's the community that's just, um, we're not limited, and mm-hmm. I talk a lot about this with our uh, with, for entrepreneurs. Is is stop compartmentalizing your life where you you have your spirituality, mm-hmm. you have your relationship mm-hmm. with God, and then you have your business. Right. And I think that's the key thing is stop just bring them together, mm-hmm. bring them together, and see what God will do. Yeah. And ask Him to bless the work of your hands. Let Him yeah. breathe upon yeah. your work. Get right. Yeah. If there's area dealings that you're doing that's shady business, stop doing it. Just repent. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. right. If you wronged a customer, make it right with the customer. Yeah. Right? Zacchaeus. Right. Zacchaeus experience. Mm-hmm. He came face yes, to face. He came face to faith, fa- face to face with with Jesus. Right. The Son of God. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, as soon as he had that experience, he says, if I've done anything wrong, mm-hmm. no, I know I've done. Yeah. Let me repay back seven times. Yeah. Well, that was part of like making things right, right. restitution. Right. His his experience went so yes, we, when we experience the living God. The first yeah. thing is I want to, I'm dirty. It's like Isaiah six. Yeah. Whoa. I just saw, I saw the Lord. Yes. Seated on the throne. Yes. Highly lifted up. Yes. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of unclean lips. Yeah. I dwell in a land of un, uncleanliness. Yeah. I'm sinful. Right. Yeah. And I think it's that experience when we have an encounter with God now, okay, now make it right. And now go, mm-hmm. who's going to go for us? Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. And I think that's what people are experiencing. They're experiencing the Holy spirit. You know the word of God. That's why I love the the, the reference of um, we must worship in in spirit and in truth, right? We have mm-hmm. the word of God. We have the instructions, so we can live and to know Him mm-hmm. and know His word. Right. But then we have the Holy Spirit, who is like the layer mm-hmm. to make it alive for yeah. us. Yeah. And so when people experience that, now it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Go and tell. Yeah. And I think well, that's what's happening. Yeah, and I think along with that, it's the uh, it's the local church that um, has the opportunity and the privilege of empowering and commissioning and sending. That's exactly right. Um, In the Church of Antioch, they sent out and laid hands on Paul, Saul, and Barnabas. Yes. And the most, I mean, that is God's strategy for any community, is the local church tapping into um, who God has called them, us, to be as a local church congregation yeah and it's not just a loosely um kind of a loosely gathering of believers uh the local church was god's invention it was his idea yes, it he is. came up with it it's his actually it's his strategy yes it is it's a great and, strategy and it was so specific that in each city they had uh, paul talked about here's how here's how you're going to govern yourselves Here's the qualifications to be a leader, to be a bishop, to be an elder, yes. to be a deacon. Here's how you take care of widows. Who qualifies to be a widow? Here's how that's you right. take care of conflict. Full, full Here's how you take care of the poor. Yeah. Yes. And that's because they Very were- systematic. It was, yeah. it was a local congregation, and this is how the gifts of the Spirit are to function and operate, and here's how yeah. they're not to. Yeah, yeah. But all of that was just a very specific, clear, concrete expression in each community, and it was God's strategy for those local churches to- to uh, first of all, I think understand and discover who they're called to be, because that will determine what they're called to do. Right? Yes, that's right. And 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 once they understand that and realize um, what their mission is, what their mandate is, and then have the the freedom, uh, the trust in the Lord to empower the, the greatest resource. The greatest resource of God's presence and power and anointing. I want to say that again. The greatest resource on the planet of God's anointing that we have is through the local church. It's through believers in a local church. To the giftings in them, the anointing on their lives, 
That's the greatest resource that we have in advancing the kingdom is empowering and releasing. That's why Paul said that these gifts are here and the purpose of these gifts of leadership are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's why he says that the church will grow up and mature as each part does its share. Well, first of all, each part needs to be willing to do its share. That's right. So they're not just checking a box. Second of all, the leadership has to be willing to give each part the freedom to do their their share. So that's I think this is the key symbiotic thing. One of the things relationship. That, so this is what I noticed um I observed. You know people just observe, mm-hmm. right? I'm a leader. I'm observing another leader and how they lead. It's like most people. It's how we learn. We glean. It's the mm-hmm. gleaning process, right? And one of the things that I that I noticed from your style, and this is new, I was gone for quite a while, came back, and I'm like, hey, how's Mike leading now? Like, what's is what's changed? What's different, mm-hmm. right? And I noticed something, and I, and I brought this up to you probably a year ago, and I said, maybe longer, probably longer. And I said, um, I noticed that you're a spiritual father, and I noticed all these young mm-hmm. pastors, these young guys, mm-hmm. right? And you just named- Guys you, and gals. You named a number of them here, guys yeah, and the, gals. The gals are as anointed as the guys. And I love that. They're no, no, I'm seeing powerful. it. I'm seeing it. Yeah, and I'm like so powerful. I'm like, you, you, you have taken a role. Do you remember me saying this too? You have taken- mm, I think a, so. You have taken a role where you are um, like spiritual father, mm-hmm. instructing them, equipping them, and sending them- mm-hmm. And I said, some, I said, you remember this. I said, and you're like a grandpa to some of these guys too. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But yeah, the, the powerful thing here is that you're, you're equipping the next generation. And this is the main, right. the main thing I want to say is that you're mentoring and you're equipping and then you're sending mm-hmm. and they have a covering. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing is they have a covering. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, a lot of leaders, I think that just get that isolated spot again. Mm-hmm. They hedge themselves in, and mm-hmm. they they just they want to just preserve what they have, mm-hmm. and um, and I think what a, a great characteristic about yourself that you've demonstrated is that I think you realize, I and mean, you can share on this, but the way it, I observe is I, I said I said Mike must realize that he has this anointing, has this gifting of leadership. Um, why keep it all to myself? Mm-hmm. Because in the end, where's the legacy in that? Mm-hmm. Are we really? F- are we really kingdom thinking yeah. when we just hold it all in? <laughs> but now you've now you're taking what you've learned, what you've experienced, and you're like, look, let's let's lay this out, let's equip and send mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily thinking in terms of legacy as much as I am thinking in terms of, you know, if Jesus tarries, because we don't know when he's coming Correct. back. Yeah, you know, uh, what condition is new life going to be in? Right, because yeah. at some point yes. in time, I'm going to reach an age where. Uh, you know, I'm, it's not optimum for the church for me to be leading. You'll probably in, be what, like 95 in at that the point? <laughs> <laughs> in on. the way that I'm leading now. And so I think I'm thinking more in terms of just the 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 health and the strength of yeah. what God's doing through this local which is very Which is very wise because uh, great, like anything, There's it's called succession planning, right? In mm-hmm. the business world, I talk about succession planning. But that's huge in all... Mm-hmm especially in the church, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you prepare the next generation to lead, mm-hmm. right? Well, how did they learn? Where did they learn it from? Yeah. Well, the previous generation, yeah. good and bad, yeah. right? And so having a yeah. healthy vision of that yes. is, well, I, he, I see it in action. I'm like, man, this is really healthy. Yeah. Well, he really is a, good. God is a generational God. And, yes. and, you know, churches close all the time, they do. every year. They do. Because... They just age out. Everybody ages out. The pastor ages out. The church members age out. They just become too old to really physically do anything. They die. Yes. Or they're just not healthy enough to to do the work of of the ministry. Right. And so the only way that to preclude that or keep that from happening is to be aware of the of the next generation. Yes. And hopefully it's a balancing act. You're not trying to ignore or devalue those. who are older because they have the ability to coach. I don't have to be the only coach. Right. At they have New all life, that experience. The only mentor. Oh they have all that life experience. My yeah, it's huge. You know, great, great asset. And yeah. and uh, and the younger generation needs that. You know, and the older generation needs the opportunity, and they need to have a vision themselves of pouring into the next generation. It's there's so really nothing mentoring. more. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing more rewarding than that. Actually, I mean, I. It, 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 yeah, it's. I mean, there's a there's a strategy. Obviously, if you want to call it that, I'm sure. thinking about it. I'm aware yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But also, I just enjoy it. I, I actually just enjoy seeing them do well. So, so this is something so. that I saw 
uh, you know, talking about that you do enjoy it. I do. You, I just you, enjoy them doing really well. But, I, I love to see them just. But you guys hit home runs. You guys have spearheaded leading up a, a school of ministry. Correct. I mean, so so you see it so well that you know what, and it's not just for the local congregation. Right. It's for the community to That's come right. in and be equipped. Yeah. If the, so yeah. this is very intentional. Yes. And I feel like. This is where the Holy Spirit just continues to breathe life, keeps breathing life. And it's for those that are not, I'm good, we have yeah. ours, let's just maintain. Yeah. Let's just maintain. Because yeah. for those who say, look, we're good, we're good, it's like uh, businesses that say, I can just relate it to business, right? They say, uh, we're not taking on any more customers. Ooh, yeah. you just began going out of business. Yeah, that's a, yeah. You just began. That's the beginning of the end. That is the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, and so I think the same thing is true for, uh, leadership styles mm -hmm. that say, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We don't want to add any more coaching, equipping, generational teaching. Well, then you, yeah. you literally, it's going to end with you. Yeah. And so I think you guys are a great example that it's not, this is not just about us guys. Yeah. This is all generational. Yeah. Let's, let's it can't pass be, the torch. Yeah, it can't be know? centralized to one strong, charismatic leader. It can't, yeah, because it could fall under that leader as well. Well, because it just everything rises and falls at that point on that particular leader. Which is sad. So even if yeah. it's at best case scenario, he just gets too old and he's not doing it anymore. Then right. you're not. It's very difficult. Like wh who's who's going to step into that suddenly? Correct. Right. Yeah. But if there's already a DNA or a culture of us as opposed to him. So well said. I mean, right? so good. It's uh, so good. Then that's that just makes it easier for the next generation. Otherwise, you're robbing the next generation. This is key from their from their inheritance. It, there's a lot of people that need to hear this. I right? really believe there's a lot of people yeah. need to hear this because it prevents, it cuts off the flow of life. Yeah. Now there are some there are some, uh, you know, parachurch ministries, you know, uh, individual ministries that are. They're not local church, not local churches. And I don't want to mention names. No, but, it's okay. Yeah. But because uh, it's not negative. What I'm going to say is not negative yeah. at all. But there's like individuals who the ministry's named after them. Correct. And that ministry is there because of the anointing on their life. And more than likely, when that person passes away, they'll keep their materials available, but there's probably not going to be somebody stepping into that person's, you know, so-and-so ministries international, great right? Point. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I'm i not saying that as a criticism yeah, they, at all. They've accomplished a ton. I mean, there's a great it's, amount. But it's not a local done. church, so that's okay. I get it. You see what I'm saying? I do. It's okay yeah. for so-and-so ministries yes. to just, you know, to, to not necessarily have an error. In that situation, yeah, the because the whatever was established the, the was ministry, established it'll keep, through it'll that keep rolling, you know, a foundation or something. Yeah, keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. royalties like the, and all that stuff. Yeah, that I mean, there's stuff. a great yeah. couple, T.L. and Daisy Osborne, phenomenal, powerful couple. Uh, but once they passed away, I mean, their materials are available, but you don't you don't hear about that ministry kind of died with them because yeah. that ministry was a reflection of what God, God had done in their, their lives. Life. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Zero th wrong with that. Yeah. A local church, though, my philosophy, yeah. right or wrong, is that's different. The local church is a is a different type thing. It's not Mike Faylauer Ministries. It's New Life Church. Yeah. And what people, my desire is, if people do say anything or take note of anything that's happening, uh, as far as what God is doing through this local church the conversations would be more along the lines of man new life church new life church new life church yeah, as opposed good. to mike failour mike failour does it's that make so, sense it, yeah it does yeah. it's a huge deal yeah i think that's what's um what's great you know you've even one of the things that we talked about a little bit about the revival revival experience and i've shared quite a bit i mean i've um we can talk about this and i think it's important is that People hear revival, oh, revival, oh, we're going to have mm -hmm. a revival service. Um, <clears throat> some people associate revival as just with hype or with sensation or with great mm -hmm. music, great mm -hmm. worship songs. And I understand personally revival to mean a quickly associated with um, repentance. Mm -hmm. And when we repent, when we personally repent from from a behavior or a place of being, what, what it may be, and we turn back to God, mm -hmm. he's right there. Mm -hmm. And now my, my soul is revived. Mm -hmm. I am alive again. I feel close to God. Because when we're closest mm -hmm. to God, we feel most alive. Right. That's like, yeah. right, as much oxygen as we can take in, yeah. he is yeah. there. And yeah. I think that's so, what, I, what I've really uh, appreciated is that 
it hasn't been continuous revival services. Mm-hmm. It is it is just Holy Spirit breathed responding to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, because the Holy Spirit cares. Yes. Like he is the yes. he is the igniter. Yes. He is that that flame that continues to yeah. to to ignite our hearts and our minds right. and, and 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 our children's minds and hearts. And I think that there's something very real there. And so, you know, one of the things that I see is um uh, it's just documenting and documenting what's really taking place. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things I really loved, I was like, I think a couple months ago, you guys launched the... That's the uh, second one. This is the second one, so it's mm-hmm. two months. There's only two months, yeah. Revival stories of mm-hmm. what's taking place locally. Yeah. Bonafide. Yeah. And what's really going on. And yeah. I think that's just to capture these moments because it's, it's people's stories. It is. It, and we're actually going to go back to um, 2018. You know what I mean? So yeah. the the following yeah. uh, ongoing issues, we'll we'll just go back and try to catch everybody up. We, we but we're trying to chronicle. We're trying to yeah, document. I, I think this is what's beautiful you know, about you know it. what the Lord's done. Yeah, revival is for the church. Any genuine outpouring or revival will first of all involves reviving the church. There's yes. something that happens to us. There's a refire, uh, a refiring that we experience. Hot nor cold. Yeah. But but the fire of God just comes, and we're just uh, you know we're back to our first love again. Yes, then that's good. then the then what should happen is evangelism, salvation should be an outgrowth of that. That's right. Yes, this one. You know, yeah. people who are actually coming to the Lord, and so the kingdom is actually advancing. And so we, you know, obviously we've been very, uh, the Lord's been very gracious to us. We didn't do. Um, we, we had a couple of times in 2018 where we did like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the following week we did, and this is in 2018, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then after that, we just uh, went back to um, once a month, but we began to adjust our Sundays to begin to allow the Holy Spirit room time. to move on our Sundays. I think that's awesome. And so our desire, our hope was, our prayer was, still is, is Lord, somehow help us... Uh, cooperate with you in such a way that you'll that you would be able to create uh, a DNA of revival a a, a, a you know what I'm saying yes that we would have a culture of revival a culture of of your move of your outpouring something that's sustainable though that we can right. actually grow from yeah grow cause, on because yeah. nightly meetings are great and there are times I think there are times where that needs to happen and some of the great revivals in the 90s were, were extended nightly. But none of that is ultimately sustainable. Correct. Physically, you just you can't, can't do it. Yeah, you people are exhausted. It. They're just... And oftentimes, if you begin to think the revival is nightly meetings, you kind of psychologically or mentally equate the move of God with the nightly meetings. Yes. So the problem with that is when the nightly meetings stop, the assumption is the move has stopped. Is over. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. But if you've but what we chose to do, we believe it was at the the leading of the Lord, was to not do the nightly meetings, so that we could more better, you know, maybe cooperate with the Lord to see a culture of revival, that something is something that's actually physically, emotionally sustainable, sustainable yes. for families. Right. So, and it's happening. And it's happening. It's not just our community that's that's experiencing that. Um, there's people who have been coming from yes. outside areas. I think they. I met a gentleman that came in. He had read the article. I think it was in Charisma, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he showed up. It's kind of funny. He just showed up in town and. I saw, think I met him. You did. I yeah. did meet him. Steve. Steve. Great guy, Steve. Holy Spirit, Steve. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful just, guy. Whoo, great, great blessing. And he came back with his pastor. I think. Yes, he did. Yeah. And but he showed up here at the workplace. Uh, with with Ben, yeah. at, at the gym, and and yeah. he knock on my door like, hey, uh, you got a minute? Let's talk. You know, Coach Ben. He's like, yeah, yeah. let's go. And uh, we sat down and just had had fellowship there in my office, and um, and it was powerful. And, yeah. and his heart was, whatever's happening there, I want that too yeah. in my life personally. Yeah, but I also want it in my community. Yeah. I want to see my church family and our local yeah. community to yeah. experience revival. What are we missing? Are we missing something? And I remember he was just raw. Yeah. questions you know yeah and i th- and it just reminded me again is that revival is for all of us not let's not focus on sensationalism let's mm-hmm. just focus on the reality of i want to be close to god again 
Mm-hmm. I just want to be close to God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and through yes, Jesus, sir. we can have that. Yes, and I sir. think that's just this powerful thing yeah. through repentance and salvation and the gift. It's beautiful. Yeah. You don't have to go spend any money for it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, and that's, what's beautiful about that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we took a trip. Uh, my family and I, we took a trip to South Africa, Mozambique, Swaziland. Yes, yes. And and I remember because I had just felt revived. I said, man, I'm on fire. Mm. You and I had met and we mm-hmm. were chatting and talking. I said, this was maybe a year and a half ago. And I said, you know, I feel dry. And you're like, what's it? You know, we're eating. We got, we got, it was breakfast or lunch or something. And um, he says, well, James, it sounds like you just need another fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're right. You're right. That's what it is. That's just mm-hmm. what I need. Yeah. You know, because because we run dry. Yeah. We run empty. Yeah. We, we run on fumes. We're wondering yeah. why why we feel like we're just fuming. Yeah. You know. And yeah. and, uh, and I I took that to heart. I said, let me go deeper. Mm. Personally, let me go deeper. You know. And um, and and for me, it's funny because I think I'm I'm certain people can identify with this. For me, well, after I got saved when I was 18, 19 years old, I was radical. Mm-hmm. in every possible way. Yes. And I loved every minute of it. I would worship almost the whole worship portion of church on my knees. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a big deal. Yeah. And and um, and um, I brought that back to this, a place in my life. This is, well, the Holy Spirit was telling me, you know, during worship, this mm-hmm. is, when was the last time you worshiped on your knees? Mm. I said, well, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I didn't just jump down to my knees. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was that, I realized that when I responded, and, and they came up again next Sunday. Was again, mm-hmm. when are you? When are you going to uh, draw in closer? You want more of me mm-hmm. in your life. When are you going to go deeper? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're constantly being invited. Right. There's right. more of me. Yeah. If you yeah. come in deeper. Yeah. And um, I remember, I'll tell you a quick, quick thing. Uh, there was a response time. You guys create response time, which is wonderful. And I went up front and um, in the Holy Spirit. And I was just taking a minute, just kind of in, just connecting with God. And the and Holy Spirit says, well, when are you going to get on your knees? Mm. It was just reminding me of, um, you know, my, my first love. Yeah, right? sure, sure. And and I did. I, I said, okay, mm-hmm. let me get on my knees. And just attitude of just thanksgiving, praise, right. worship the King of Kings, right? And I tell you, my my new boots that I had, mm-hmm. nice new boots. The sole of my boot ripped open, mm. and I went home. And literally, I don't have my those boots. I don't have those boots anymore. But literally, the bottom of the sole ripped open. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck? And I didn't realize that I was walking out of church. Mm. I'm looking down. I'm like, my goodness, my my bottom, my foot just my boot just blew open i'm like what in the world these were good boots huh and um i think i took a picture and i sent it to josiah oh did you yeah it's like dude no lie my boot just blew open and i said i, I think i entered a new a new realm that's awesome and um and I, it might sound crazy to people to hear that but i experienced it that's mm-hmm. i experienced that yeah and uh megan can, can testify of that yeah you know, that, that's what happened new boots and she did she ordered me two more two new sets of boots yeah one black one brown but um because they were great boots. Yeah. That hasn't happened since. But what has happened since is revival. Yeah, that's and me. beautiful. And in the past that's year, so in the past year, I cannot even tell you, begin to tell you, I think you've seen some of it. I can mm-hmm. continue to tell you the things that we are experiencing in our business, mm-hmm. things that we're experiencing in our in our family. Yes. Uh, it's like uh, bless and multiply the work of our hands. Yeah. And it's like, compounding yes uh, yeah uh, we had uh, Ken Bell on a um, few episodes ago and he says you know we deal in addition our God deals in multiplication mm-hmm yes sir he'll multiply yes yeah. and it's yeah and, and we we don't do that but he yeah, does that's that so wonderful and um, but I we went on this trip to Africa and I said man I said I feel so revived I said I want to mm. bring that revival that that experience that I have and I want to bring it to <laughs> my, my friends there and um and we did we 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 had an awesome mm. experience yeah. holding just services outdoor yeah, services yeah. And, uh, actually I gave your book away <laughs> I think I said I'm pretty sure I was in Mozambique I sent okay. you a photo and I'm like hey these uh, local pastors wanted to know why I only brought one <laughs> and they were fighting for it in the back seat I don't know if Michaela remembers or not but they were they were like no I want that no I had that. and like they were eating it up <laughs> they loved your books and so um 
So I do. When next time I go, I need to bring like a stack of books. Yeah. I buy a bunch of books for me, and I'll, yeah. I'll go hand them out. And uh, and they'll they'll share them. Yeah, these that's guys good. they don't hold book. They'll yeah, that's beautiful. It's phenomenal, right? That's beautiful. And I think that's the point about revival is that when we feel the experience, we know we know something took place because we mm-hmm. responded in that moment. Mm-hmm. We made a decision that goes with us. Yes, yes. So wherever we go, we can bring revival with us. Yes. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's not locked yeah. to a place. That's right. That's right. Because the kingdom of God is is, is in us. Is yeah, in us. That's right. You know? Absolutely. And so I, I'm just um, beautiful. I'm blessed by you and and, and the work that uh, you and Bonnie have done. Thank you. I really, sincerely I mean our family no, has you. has kind of. Um, really been blessed and, yes, and we'll continue to be blessed. You. And so we're thankful to be part of um, uh, we're great to, the work we're that's happening. We're blessed to have you. <laughs> I'm so thankful you came on today. I am too. Thank and you for y- the invite. Y- you said you're not a natural at this. You just well, flowed. I just, you yeah. flowed and flowed, my friend. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I want to say, Pastor Mike says, oh, how long is this going to take? No, no. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? I've never heard a pastor preacher say, how long is it? Because normally you get them a mic. They don't stop. Yeah. They look at the clock at the back. Yeah, yeah. But I got the clock on my side. Yeah, you don't. yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> love it. Well, um, uh, I'd love to have you back on yeah. in the future. Sure. We can we can talk continually talk about yeah. what's going on because okay. it's not going to stop. By this God's is, grace. This is going to continue to By flow. By God's grace. Por la gracia de Dios. Look at Solamente. you. Un poquito español. <laughs> Mi Nintendo. Un poquito. But... Amen. Hey, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for joining us, being a fly on the wall. Um, I pray that this really impacted your spirit to understand that great leadership is not about trying to maintain your own platform. Great leadership is always generational, and it's always about equipping the next generation. And so uh, I pray you you would receive that from, from Mike's ministry and his life here. Um, uh, share this with other ministers that you know as well. I mean, with your pastors and, and let this message just be, you know, great leaders. They know how to raise up great leaders. And so um, I pray that you're encouraged and blessed with that. Uh, we're going to create some links so that you know where you can find uh, the books here. Mm-hmm. Another a third book is on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's that one going to release? Do you think? Probably not till next year. Next year. Sometime next year next is like year. In, is like in a week from now. Well, probably next summer. Okay, Se- there, maybe second yeah. quarter. Um, but I, I definitely encourage you to pick these up, and they're quick reads, but they're they're deep. Uh, so you'll enjoy them. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please uh, subscribe. So like, subscribe, and ring that bell, and comment down below. We know you're watching, but uh, without your comments, uh, it's kind of hard to to you know respond. So and we want to be in a resource to you, and that's why we're here. So thank you so much. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.